So I'd like to welcome um, to the studio Benjamin Johnson from the Free Store. Um, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. How are you going? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Rushing around like an illustrator. Yeah, yeah. This event. Is it all under control? or? All under control. Luckily, we're working with incredible people who we're kind of bringing in to make this event um, yeah. an awesome experience. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's coming together nicely. Good, good. So the free store, to begin with... Um, I don't know. I don't know much about the history of it. I've seen it, uh, and I kind of get a grasp what you do. But I'll just actually for the listeners. So the free store is located on Willis Street next to uh, St Peter's Church. St Peter's Church, in between the Salvation Army uh, Family Store and St Peter's Church, cool. two one one Willis Street, in a custom um, built off the grid uh, container. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. we we decided we needed. Uh, a little place to call home, and we can't afford traditional uh, commercial rent, so we converted a 20-foot shipping container into a beautiful little purpose-built store for ourselves. Oh, awesome, cool. And um, and you've been existing as the free store for how long now? Uh, we were set up in 2010. It's been a bit of a, a bumpy journey along the way. Uh, we originally opened uh, on Left Bank Arcade uh, out of a little kiosk, uh, which I think used to be a crepe stand, uh, and... We operated uh, for a full year from there uh, until that little space was no longer available to us because we weren't paying rent. They'd given it to us on the proviso that if they found a paying tenant, then we sort of moved on. And that yeah. was really good for a year. <laughs> that was actually quite a good arrangement. Uh, and then the, the, the year came to a close and we had to find a new place to call home. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, we, because we're the free store, we don't deal in money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we didn't have any money to pay for for rent. So we had to get quite creative about how we found ourselves a new uh, little base. And so the shipping container project that I managed uh, was actually a two year project, and it was meant that we were actually closed for a two year period between 2011 uh, and um, so, well, the start of 2012, sorry, and uh, 2014. Wow. And so it was a, a basically a lot of work behind the scenes pulling together. $75,000 worth of resources in terms of materials and labor to to transform this rusty old 20-foot container into a purpose-built, well-designed, well-engineered uh, little base for ourselves. So yeah. it, it's kind of the trade-off when you're, when you're sort of roping people in voluntarily, uh, you know, and people are giving their time. Uh, often it, it doesn't happen as fast as you'd like to. Uh, and because I'm a perfectionist, I wanted, wanted it to be done really well. So uh, it took couple of years to get this container done, but now we've been open for a full year from this Willow Street location. Uh, hence the, all right, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was going to be a question. So we've got the first um, annual fundraiser. That's right. And it's um, for the, so it's since the conception since, of the... Um, since yeah. the start of the, the new location out cool. of the shipping container. It's kind of to celebrate the fact that we, we, we managed to reopen against all odds, I guess, uh, and to um, yeah, celebrate what's happened in this last year and to yeah. say, well, actually, now that we've got this stable place to call home, we can actually continue. And so next year there'll be a second and a third after that. That's Set great. And, and it will just slowly gather more people on board, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so so that must have been a really tough two years because um, is it presumably from the initial idea of the free store, how did that come about, actually? How did how did you first sort of develop the concept? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not going to claim that I invented the concept because I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's got a long history, actually, um, sort of spanning back to the diggers movement in San Francisco back in the 70s that uh, created um, sort of free shops where, you know, a whole bunch of – it wasn't – I think it was food, but there was also other things outside of that, clothes and furniture and that sort of mm. stuff. And I think they were run out of garages where uh, they, people from the community could just come in and take whatever they wanted. Uh, and then that sort of spread across to the East Coast. And then, I think there was an art project in 2009 that, um, uh, where someone created a space in New York City to, for people to come and take free food from. And then uh, uh, an artist in New Zealand, Compaddon, uh, based up in Auckland, uh, 
replicated that down here in Wellington. And so she created the space on Gusney Street out of a building that no longer exists. It's been demolished. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was across the road from yeah, here, yeah, in fact. Somebody, yeah, so that's what <laughs> like, somebody mentioned just yeah, before we Directly end, across the road. Yeah. Uh, and so she, um, I think it was about a two-week period, uh, had this little shop space, you know, had shelves, had a... Um, you know, a counter as any, you know, regular shop space would have. And she put food on the shelf. The, uh, the, I guess the difference was that people could take the food for free. Mm. And I guess being an art project, it was, I'm not going to sort of speak on behalf of Companion because I don't know exactly what her sort of like uh, rationale for the whole thing was. But I guess it was to challenge people and how they related to um, sort of consumer environments and taking this food and being like, oh, wait, surely I have to pay for this. Feeling uncomfortable about that because mm. I went myself to that project. I went there with my wife and we took some chocolate off the shelf and we said to her, you know, can, can, are you sure? We, can we pay for this? You know, like this feels really weird just to walk yeah. out with this right now because that's not, that's not how, you know, the, the sort of the system works. And she was like, nope, you take it for free. And I was like, okay, that's kind of unsettling. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that was being a temporary art project uh, meant that obviously came to a close. And a group of uh, six um, of us, a bunch of my friends and I, uh, thought, well, wouldn't that be awesome if this kind of concept of people being able to come and take food for free mm. um, wasn't just a short art project, but was a long-term sustainable community initiative. And that's when we started thinking about, okay, maybe there's uh, food from local cafes, bakeries, and restaurants that is perfectly edible, uh, but that is not going to be used the next day because maybe they make things fresh daily and it might be going to waste. And so we just started sort of um, creating this plan of doing some research, how like whether there was going to be a supply of food, where that could come from, and whether it was a viable initiative. Uh, and so we talked to uh, property owners around the inner city and th- trying to find somewhere to, that we could operate from if it was going to pan out and work. Uh, and just somehow, miraculously, it all kind of came together. And we, f- we found enough suppliers that were like, oh, yeah, sure, we- there's some surplus food that we could give you day to day. And a property owner who was, well, I say foolish enough, but actually in the end, uh, was um, brave enough to to let us use their surplus um, little kiosk space in Left Bank Arcade. And that's kind of how it all began. It was a, a three-month period of planning. Uh, the team of six people, we'd meet every Wednesday night, have a big potluck dinner, dream scheme, you know, create this big plan of how we're going to, uh, yeah, yeah. D- you know, d- do this thing. Uh, and suddenly, December 2010, uh, we were open. And what were some of the challenges along that way, um, apart from, I guess, finding a, finding a property? Uh, was there ever times when you thought, this has just got too big? Because uh, it sounds like a he- hell of a project to get off the ground, really. Yeah, to, to be honest, to begin with, I don't think we knew what we we're doing. Like, no, yeah. I know we don't. We didn't I, like, know. All the best dreams, <laughs> it comes from not knowing what's totally. what could yeah, we, we, yeah, we had some ideas of what we hoped to achieve through the free store in terms of the values that underlied it and um, maybe sort of some of the outcomes that we'd hope would come from that. Mm. Uh, but we didn't, you know, like we were all quite young. We were all kind of 19 to 21 years old, didn't... Uh, didn't have, I suppose, the experience or the expertise to, to kind of go about what we're doing. Um, but somehow it managed to come together. I think the the thing that was difficult in the beginning was finding suppliers like cafes and bakeries in the, in the inner city that were willing to um, trust us by, you know, giving us their surplus food because we weren't an organization that even existed yet, you know. So you're kind of going to pitch to them, you know, in three months' time, we're hoping to open this, you know, magic shop where there's going to mm. be free, free food given out. You know, do you want to be a part of it? And it's like a lot of people say no because they're like, who the heck are you, you know? Uh, but there are a few, including the Southern Cross, is where we're having our event this Sunday, who were, you know, right with us from the beginning and said, yeah, sure, um, we'll see if we can partner with you in this. And then by the time we opened in December 2010, we had 20 cafes and bakeries that were daily giving us their surplus food, food that's perfectly edible, freshly made that day, uh, and just simply wouldn't be sold the next day because they're going to make it all fresh again. Mm. 
And do you think uh, that that being in Wellington kind of made it easier to do something like that to get those businesses on board? Because I sort of feel like there's sometimes a bit more of a forward thinking yeah, that's vibe right. in Wellington. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think yeah. we were we're very fortunate to live in a city that's socially, environmentally conscious, uh, very community orientated, uh, where businesses aren't uh, just looking to line their pockets, but are actually looking to, um, I guess, to integrate themselves in the community and recognise that there are people in the community that support them by going to their business to buy food, and that they actually you know, that their existence depends on the community. And so they have to give back to the community as well. So I think we're really lucky that, um, or fortunate, I guess, that, um, that we live in the city and could kind of, it was like a little incubator for what was possible. Uh, because now that there's a free store, um, you know, that's kind of, it's stable, um, it exists, and it's also spread to other cities. It's kind of, uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, probably the best place it could have started, I think. That's gave, it, gave it the best shot, yeah. I think, yeah. And um, so is it spread to other cities through um, means that you've had contact with? Or, um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's right. The, the team of six that began? Or? Oh, well, the team of six uh, disbanded shortly after we opened, mainly because it was a team that uh, was really well suited to pioneer the, the sort of formation of the free store. Mm. Uh, and then once the store existed and it was sort of running day to day and there was the maintenance and the operation sort of um, sort of stuff that you had to do, that, that team wasn't quite suited for those roles. So that team sort of disbanded after about six months. Uh, but uh, what happened was that um, a team of people uh, from Palmerston North came down in, I think it was February 2011, uh, and they were really intrigued by, you know, they'd heard about the free store. They, you know, sort of this mysterious shop down in Wellington <laughs> that was giving out free food. And uh, they were like, oh, uh, that sounds really cool. The, the lady that was sort of the um, head of that team was already working with the Salvation Army and various um, other organisations in Palmerston North uh, redistributing food uh, to people in need. Uh, she was doing a lot of mobile home delivery stuff, go actually driving to people um, that she knew in the community that needed food and she would take it from cafes. And so she thought, oh, this is an opportunity to actually create some structure around what I'm doing and sort of... Um, sort of expand on that and to actually reach out to more people who might be in need. And so she came down with her team, saw what we're doing, kind of followed us for the day to see how everything worked. We sat down over a couple of dinners and discussed how we actually got it you know, up and running, some of the, the back-end stuff, um, and maybe gave, gave them some advice on the sort of structures they need to create um, to maybe facilitate uh, a free store in their community, but really emphasised to them that the only way I think, uh, and I still believe this to this day, the only way a free store can exist in a community is when that community takes ownership of it. The free yeah. store isn't a franchise because we have a lot of people contacting us like daily, weekly saying, love what, you know, I've heard about what the free store is <laughs> doing, love it. I really want a free store in our community. You know, what do I do? Or like, you know, can you come and set one up here? And it's, you know, I understand that, but what it really needs people in the in their community to drive this and to take ownership of it because there's going to be, from community to community, there's going to be um, slight differences, uh, and you need to be able to adapt to, I suppose, to the, um, yeah, the place that you're working working in. Uh, so the yeah, the Palmerston North team came down here, took what they could, adapted that into their sort of local context, good, yeah. and then created this thing that had the same underlying values, the same sort of basic um, method of operation, but actually. Um, created some other things around that that made sense for their community that wouldn't make sense for us down here. So they've taken on a little bit of a life of their own. Uh, we're connected as a movement, so we're not part of the same charitable trust. We're not part of the same sort of mothership organisation. We're uh, connected relationally uh, mm. as part of a movement of free stores that are beginning to crop up. Uh, so there's the Palmerston North free store called Just Silch. Uh, there's a, um, there is some free store type um, operations that have been 
woven through some stuff that are happening already in a uh, in a Napier community with uh, food redistribution. So it's not technically a free store, but they've taken some of our um, principles and values and um, the way we operate and kind of yeah. tweaked their thing to to to, um, to sort of incorporate some of our our method of operation. And then I'm currently in conversation with a um, a, a woman in Sydney that's working really profoundly already with the uh, homeless community in King's uh, Cross. And she is in the process of setting up a free store there, working with, in collaboration with a lot of other community organisations. So, yeah, it's really exciting to see it started to spread, but it is, in its simplicity, uh, it is, to be frank, a lot of work to, to get up and running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. And um, and now, um, so as well as as, um, uh, as being a, a means of getting food into the community and uh, to people in need, you're also um, now, like you say, very much community-owned and, and a part of the community, and you have a lot of volunteers coming through um, mm. from different walks of life. Absolutely, absolutely. What I love about the free store now in Wellington is that it's taken on this whole life of its own. It's it's more than, you know, being a, I guess being part of the founding team and being the operations manager, uh, it's easy to kind of have your identity like woven into the thing that you're creating. But now I'm so fortunate that the free store is much bigger than me. You know, it's yeah. I've been actually away on annual leave for the last three weeks and it's completely taken care of itself because we have such an incredible team of volunteers and people that, from the community that have taken ownership over it and that are actually um, have a vested interest in seeing it succeed. And it's more than just myself, which I love. Uh, we've got 540 volunteers on our database and they're from a, yeah, a really wide um, sort of variety of backgrounds. Uh, we've got a lot of students, uh, which is awesome to see that our students in Wellington City are um, socially conscious and are looking to contribute meaningfully in the community, especially students that have come from out of town. Mm. Are, that really encourages me. We've got uh, a lot of uh, people that are unemployed that volunteer. Obviously, they've got surplus time. We've got people that are full-time workers but come after their work shift uh, when we uh, give out our food at 6pm in the evening. Uh, we have people that have been customers that uh, have received food that have actually gone on to to contribute and to give back and are now part of our volunteer team. And that's, that's what I love about yeah. the free store, that that it's so accessible and it's so uh, easy to contribute, you know. Like, for, to actually volunteer at the free store, um, it's it's just the most simple process, I think. Um, we It's a... Um, basically every day we get someone new email us saying, you know, I want to contribute, you know, how do I, how do I pitch in? And we kind of have this self-managed uh, volunteer system where I send them a link to a calendar and in the calendar, if every day it has volunteer slots, so it'll say maybe there's a slot for six people to pick up food and then there'll be a slot for three people to serve coffee and tea and a slot for three people to serve the, the food at six o'clock. And people just sign themselves up to that uh, and it means that our volunteers uh, can be flexible. So maybe one week they're really, really busy, they're sort of burden with the workload of, you know, being a university student. And then the next week, they've finished all the exams. And so they've got a lot of time. So, you know, then they sign back up and um, they contribute. So it's really awesome um, to be able to provide an opportunity to contribute meaningfully in the community to people, but I guess with flexibility so that it can fit in with their life. Yeah. That's yeah. Super. And I think that that model is working really well for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I better get on to talking about, you know, just realise the time. I could listen all day to this. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So we've rambling. got the first, um, yeah, the first annual f- uh, fundraiser this Sunday. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the event? What's what's going to be happening? It's a musical afternoon and raffles and uh, what else? Yeah, yeah. It's well, I was hoping to create uh, an experience that wasn't just um, about raising funds, but it was actually going to be an enjoyable, uh, you know, sort of an experience for the community to participate in because, you know, we're really fortunate to have a really strong backing from our community. So we wanted to put on an awesome event that everybody could enjoy. So what we've, what we've done is we've partnered with Southern Cross. So they're going to host a, uh, 
uh, and it's going to be from 2.30 to uh, to 8.30pm, so it's a six-hour event. It's a bit of a marathon, but I'd call it more of a festival because we've got a a massive lineup of stuff. We've got uh, bands, uh, got the amazing Lost Bird, (laughs) (laughs) uh, a local uh, electronic uh, underground legend called Skymning. We've got Towers, which is a uh, five-piece indie pop band. We've got Licks, which is a... uh, my my mate Alex actually who does sort of like throwback 80s electronica it's really awesome Uh, I've got Graham James a local legend who started off busking and then went on to produce an album uh, and he loops all his instruments he's a he's a sort of a solo act but he has five or six instruments you would have heard him before this uh, interview playing and Mm -hmm. he's really really incredible got Miles Calder from Miles Calder and the Rumours playing some uh, folky blue Americana yeah, kind of yeah, vibes, yeah. Uh, and we've got Spider Planet, which is uh, fronted by Oscar Levin, who is a local jazz legend, uh, and it's a space funk epic kind of. You can't really genreify it. It's um, wow. it should be pretty awesome. And uh, then we've also got a collaboration that we've been working on with Garage Project. So obviously that's a local craft beer company, and we've created this partnership between Garage Project, Wellington Chocolate Factory, and People's Coffee to create an epic mocha porter. And it's a beer. Oh, wow. It's going to be awesome. It's a beer that's only available at this event. So it's a 50-litre keg that um, Garage Project have created for us, specifically for this event. They're donating it to us. We're going to have it on tap at Southern Cross, and it's 50 litres. Once it's gone, it's gone. You can't get it anywhere else. So I'm quite wow. excited for that. That sounds. That's making my mouth water. Yeah. <laughs> And what else? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's uh, we've also got a auction uh, or two. Uh, at the moment, um, one of the awesome pieces up for grabs is a handmade ceramic dinner set from a local artist um, going under the, um, the name One Deer. And we have an awesome epic quiz between 4 and 5 p.m., uh, which is going to be uh, backed up with a whole bunch of prizes for the, for the winners. And uh, we've got a raffle that will be running through the day. Um, it'll be you know, sort of gold coin, $2 or something for a, for a raffle ticket. But we've got an amazing backing of um, prizes from the likes of Six Barrel Soda, Fix and Fog, Chocolate Factory, Coffee Supreme, Cafe Neo, St. Clair Family Estate Wines, the Embassy Theatre and more. So we've got a lot of people from the community, businesses backing us to make sure that the event's awesome and that if anyone comes to the event, I mean, it's free entry, so there's no reason not to come, mm. but um, that there's... Uh, it's entertaining and that there's something for everyone and there's going to be spot prizes on the hour every hour. So just by coming, you might, might win something awesome. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so uh, just quickly, so that's this Sunday, uh, 2.30 at the Southern Cross. That's right. Free entry um, and then fin- winding up around 8.39ish. Yeah, 8.39ish. Yeah, yeah. So people get yeah. to bed before work. Which is great. <laughs> um, and um, uh, so where can people go to find out about um, giving uh, goods to, uh, giving food to the free store and um, or volunteering? Yeah, so we have a Facebook page, uh, which we have about 5,000 people following us. We've got a, quite a strong social media presence, which is great. So head to our Facebook page the free store Wellington uh, and on that page uh, there's a link to our volunteer database where you can sign yourself up and sort of sign yourself up to slots and if you're interested uh, if you're a business in the community that has surplus food that you want to put to good use uh, our volunteers will pick it up daily at a time that suits you uh, and cool. and make sure it gets to people in need and you can just flick me an email at benjamin at thefreestore.org.nz Awesome, cool. All right, and then I think um, we'll we'll wind up with um, thanks. Well, firstly, I'd just say thanks so much for coming in. Um, like, I really, it's been really great to to listen to you talk about it. And um, yeah, I want to help more with the free store a bit. <laughs> but, um, anyway, we'll finish off with Miles Calder um, and the Rumors, who are playing this Sunday at the uh, fundraiser. Thanks, Benjamin. Thank you very much. Can't wait 
ourselves How do we have a hope in hell Living right before the knock bell If we start moving you say we're gonna die Hearing the cracks of fins in eyes Never pointed forward eye or eye Hello Wellington, you're back on B-Side Stories, this is uh, Wellington Access Radio 783am and we're back with uh, Benjamin from the Free Store again, um, just because, well, we actually had a few more questions to ask him and time we thought was slipping away but it really wasn't, so welcome <laughs> back Ben, it's nice Thank you, I'm glad I hung around. <laughs> behind the mic. So we were just talking while we were off air about some of the people and some of the different parts of the community that have been touched by the Free Store. Yeah. Ben, you've worked with it right from the beginning, and you must have seen a lot of people take advantage of its service, but also perhaps come back and be really sort of leave an impression on them. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess one thing I just thought sort of after that first part of the interview is that I, d- I might not have succinctly uh, summarised exactly what the free store did in the midst of all my rambling. So I'll just quickly say that basically in a nutshell, what the free store does is redistribute perfectly edible surplus food from 35 inner city cafes, bakeries and restaurants every day uh, to people in need. And that's self-determined need. So the way that the free store works, the values that underlie it is that we don't put conditions on who can come to the free store to take that food or how much food people can take. And the sounds somewhat maybe counterproductive or counterintuitive because surely you know a lot of people ask me this question surely if you know you don't have any conditions on who can come to the store or how much food people can take surely people just abuse it all the time surely someone comes along and says give me everything or surely someone comes along who, who really doesn't need it and takes that food and actually one thing that just blows me away about free the free store and about the community we're formed around it and about i guess humanity is that when you Um, When you give uh, somebody the opportunity to be honest about their need and to take freely, actually what I've experienced in in my uh, work at the free store is that people are really honest and really respectful of the people around them because we don't put rules on what people can do. So when there's no rule, there's no rule to break, there's no rule to bend. It's actually, if someone takes advantage of the system, it's not a rule they're breaking, it's the person next to them in the line that they're taking away from. So it's it's more relational, it's more... um, it's more about people thinking, okay, um, how much do I need? I'm going to do an honest sort of self-appraisal and I'm going to take what I need because I know that the person right next to me in the line is in need too, you know? And, and I think that's a really amazing system because it, there's not too many things in our, in, you know, in, in our community uh, where people can sort of self-determine what, what they want to um, take or, you know, the way they're going to engage with that, yeah, that thing. Absolutely. And so it's it's... Yeah, to, it was actually really scary for me, to be honest, at the beginning of the free store to have a, a value system underlying what we did that meant that people could theoretically take advantage of you. Uh, and I just am blown away daily by people's um, 
yeah, honesty and willingness to to look out for the person next to them because, you know, the people that come to the store are in need and they rec- recognise that the person next to them is in need too. You know, we have people from so many different backgrounds uh, participate in the free store, both as, as recipients and as contributors. Uh, our, a lot of our customers are from backgrounds, um, obviously, where they have low income. So it might be that they're homeless or they're unemployed or underemployed, uh, maybe part, working part-time, but you know, don't have quite enough money to meet all their uh, immediate needs, including their food needs. We've got a lot of elderly people from local council flats. In fact, the thing that surprised me most over the last year is that our biggest demographic is elderly people. Uh, and that's uh, elderly people from local council flats that are probably um, most likely on sort of just government um, pension that yeah. when they've uh, paid all their bills and, you know, covered their rent and whatnot, they actually don't have that much left over. And so to be actually be able to support uh, vulnerable elderly people in our community is an amazing sort of byproduct of what we do. And it's something I didn't even expect at the beginning. Uh, we have people that struggle with uh, mental health uh, issues or substance abuse issues and it's really this, it's quite an eclectic community of people. It's, um, it's amazing to kind of be standing outside the free store uh, before the store opens at 6pm and just chatting to some of our customers and um, just looking around and being like, man, like, it's just such the most diverse group of people here, you know, and it's amazing to be able to draw those people together uh, and to have all these, um, all these lives that um, are so diverse um, intersect and overlap, you know, and I, I just love that about the free store, that it's so accessible for such diversity. Yeah, and I mean, there'd be very few things that allow for that. And I think, like you say, that there's almost that uh, situation where you're, the free store is being generous, but in taking from the free store, people are also being generous by allowing for others to as well. Totally, totally. And, you know, we, because of our ethos, you know, we do have people um, that, uh, are not the most in need in terms of um, people that might access other services, um, but uh, for whatever reason, you know, want to access the free store. It might be a student, you know, for instance, um, who is just really stressed because of exams and, you know, like they're up at the university studying and they're like, oh, really need to eat something, just pop down to the free store. That's cool. You know, they're welcome. Uh, we have people that are, um, people that are just sort of like wandering travellers, you know, sort of like kind of, um, backpackers or kind of hippie vibes, you know, who like swing by the store because I've heard of this magical place in Wellington where you can go and get free food. And that's cool too, even though they're not sort of part of our community in the sense that they're permanently here, it's it's wonderful to be able to have this little space where people that are visiting can also feel welcome because uh, in everybody is welcome at the free store. And you're right, there's such an incredible opportunity for people to gift every single day to each other, I guess, respect um, and uh, and the opportunity to all be able to access that food. You know, when, when people don't take advantage of the system, it's, and it's amazing, you know, it's an amazing thing to see flourish. And so to go back to sort of how it works, what happens with the stock each day? You guys have a, a full selection of all sorts of different things. What, and you're open until that goes? Yeah, it's, it's a really simple system in terms of the nuts and bolts. We have volunteers go out between 3.30 to 5.30 and collect food from our suppliers. And that, that's all in the inner city. We do everything on foot. Uh, we have no cars We're trying to reduce carbon emissions. That's our um, our store is a off-the-grid shipping container as well, uh, and uh, they collect that food, bring it into the shop. Uh, we, it, it, it's a quite an array of food, like quite an assortment. We've got um, things from scones and muffins through to sandwiches, paninis, um, you know, wraps. Uh, we've got um, pies. We might have some sort of like sweet 
treat like a cake or something like that. Uh, we have curry, we have veggie, um, salads, we've got soups. Uh, every single day is different though because we're dealing completely with surplus food. So the cafes that we collect the food from, they might have a stellar day, sell out of everything, uh, and then we get a little bit less. Um, we ne- we've never had a day when we don't have enough for everyone, but every day it's something different. We get different types of food, we get different amounts of food. Uh, and I mean, if you kind of look at it this way, We've got this collection of food from 35 different cafes, and it's and it's an assortment of all this amazing food. So it's kind of like the best cafe in town because it's like a meta cafe, you know. It's like this collection of everything, you know. It's like I really love it because there's you, there's no cafe in town that has such an, a wide variety of food um, because we get a little bit of everything. So yeah, I really love it. And then we uh, we open at 6 p.m. and when uh, we serve people, uh, and then when people um, have taken the food and there's nothing left on the shelves, we close every single day. We open. With no food, we send the volunteers out, bring it back, give it out, close empty, start again the next day. We never keep food overnight, mainly because of food uh, health and safety sort of standards that we want to uphold. We make sure we collect the food and we redistribute it within the next two hours to make sure the food's in a really good condition. And I guess I thought I was just thinking about this while you were talking. I I was on the um, Free Store Facebook page just recently and I saw a post about a guy who had visited the free store for a while and then came back and he had give, was giving out, um, I think, some curry or some food that he'd made just in his own time. Can you tell me a bit about that? Because I think, it, to me, that really sums up what this is all about. Yeah. I'm hoping you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, about I know what you're here. talking about. I think um, you might have mashed two stories together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened was there, um, we had this wonderful guy called Samaj- Samajit. Um, he's an Indian guy um, who came to the free store uh, and he asked to speak to the manager and he, uh, being, me being the manager, he sort of said to me, today is a great day. Today is a day to celebrate. I became a New Zealand citizen. And he said to me, I want to do something to bless this community. I want to do something to thank the community that I'm now a part of. So he went back to his restaurant because he manages Zyka's restaurant down on Willow Street and made a whole bunch of Indian food and then brought it back to the free store. And he personally served every single one of our customers in the line. And it was an amazing experience because this man who had just become a, you know, officially a part of this community in the long-term sense, was w- wanting to celebrate with his community and to uh, give back to the community that he now belongs to. And that was incredible because our, our customers were so appreciative and it was kind of this, in, like, this initiation, like a rite of passage for him to become you know, sort of part of the community. I, I thought it was really beautiful. Yeah, and it's so nice for the free store to be involved in his um, pathway to becoming a New Zealand citizen. <laughs> exactly. It was a small act of generosity, but if every single day... People acted, you know, like in those sort of ways, you know, with small acts of generosity. Imagine the communities we would be a part of. Like, it'd be so beautiful, you know. And so what I love about the free store is it gives in, it's this small little thing, but it's kind of this, uh, I guess, a picture of what we hope to see in a bigger scale throughout our communities in New Zealand where people um, sort of respect each other and um, care for each other and are generous, you know, with each other and yeah, hopefully the world will be better because of it. That's beautiful. It's I very think that's, nice. Um, that's an, uh, we're just ticking down the clock, and I think that's a beautiful, beautiful note to end on. And I think um, you and the free store and the team behind it and all the volunteers are doing an absolutely amazing job to, to continue that ethic. And um, it's really, really apparent talking to you how much you care about it and how um, how good the project is. And um, yeah, we're really grateful that you came in. Thank yeah, you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank, yes. thank you. So um, yeah, Sunday, this Sunday, 10 seconds. So this Sunday, um, at Southern Cross from 2.30 um, and lots of music and lots of um, good vibes. So thanks for listening. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard.